Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 111, why early stage strategy and finance don't always get along. For a company that is small and unprofitable, growing through product launches promises an immediate revenue hit, and it seems like the smartest path to getting to the kind of scale that reduces the bleed. I mean, if product margins and distribution costs are good for the new thing that you want to launch, finance will be very excited to pursue it. Why not? We need some more growth. And then they're going to want to keep it, even if it is stagnant, not growing, small, and a drag on administrative resources. That's just time, right? Who can measure time? Or even if it's not a favorite of your co-man to produce and they're just doing it begrudgingly. And so it won't take long without a very focused strategy before this becomes your entire growth strategy. Adding UPCs. Adding UPCs to replace the ones that got delisted. The ones that stagnated or never took off. The ones only one retailer ever seems to want. You can see where this leads, can't you? The solution to any top-line problem becomes launching another UPC. Woohoo! As opposed to crafting a strategy with a longer-term view of where you want to head and then using all four Ps to get you there with your fans' help. Look, after several years of running finance, sales, and ops this way with trade marketing on the side, it can be very hard to break free from the belief that simply launching more UPCs will accelerate growth and solve your problems. Now, to be clear, you you can grow this way. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it could easily be 10 to 20% annual growth for years. And if you're EBITDA negative now, and this is the, the fate that you assign to yourself, you will run out of cash before you get to scale in many, many cases. Where finance can really fight against strategy is actually during a pivot. Pivots require you to focus on a subset of hero UPCs and then slowly, structurally, let the others die or engage in a managed delisting. If you make the pivot decision months after selling in two new UPCs, this is going to make you feel really awkward and your team is going to fight you. Non-strategic finance people will definitely fight your 11th hour desire to walk away from the revenue from those two new UPCs deliberately in your fashionable bid now to pivot to UPCs that produce better organic growth. The entire trade show machine, folks, will convince you to keep all your UPCs until delisted or until their buyer screams no more and to keep launching new ones to grow your top line in fact there is a school of thought out there a very conservative one that says you should spread your risk across a hefty number of upcs even across categories in the store if your cookie upcs don't work out maybe your granola bar ones will or your cracker upcs or your flour skews you get the idea It's not that these kind of risk-averse platform brands totally fail at a higher rate. I, I can't prove that. It's that I know that they are much less likely to scale. In fact, the growth rate of early stage food and beverage brands tends to decelerate as you add categories for sale. I talk about the data science behind this in my book, Ramping Your Brand. 
And then there's an enormous administrative burden on sales and co-manufacturing. As you add categories and complexity and number of buyer desks and meetings and oh my god. As you pile on category after category, you end up functioning folks like a small private label ordering desk. Oops! Funny, that your co-man's-based business is making retailer store label. How ironic. And that is exactly how their top clients behave. The private label ordering desk at Safeway. How devastating, since you actually call yourself a branded supplier. Oops. But a certain kind of financially risk-averse founder, often who's been beaten up, all the giddy optimism has been beaten up out of them, likes this business setup. And look, it's a viable business strategy if you have a really good order-taking sales team trained to just make what each buyer wants, trained just to sell what each buyer wants. And when you can afford minimal trade support, just keep things at least flat in their system, you know, if not growing with inflation. I know brands where their UPC mix is actually a combination of one-off account sales based entirely on what specific buyers said they wanted from their sell sheet versus what they strategically sold into the buyer, which is nothing. Hey listeners, exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com slash courses. And now back to the episode. When you spend too long in a cash flow chasing nightmare, selling into buyers like this, it's understandable why a founder might start to frame every buyer meeting as a sort of major win or major rescue. The buyer becomes God and you there, her humble servant. POs drive cash flow in retail-centric consumer businesses. Yes, this is true. So the inability to look strategically beyond the B2B transactions fueling your P&L is understandable. You easily become lost in the B2B funhouse, where all the mirrors you stumble by keep you from paying any attention to the end consumer, which connects you to all the other Ps. But the biggest one being out-of-store promotion. Look, strategy requires walking away from opportunities that work against the strategy. That may sound completely obvious, but when you are in a room with a buyer who is lusting after a UPC from last year's sell sheet that you now know you are delisting soon from all your other accounts and have no interest in selling into theirs, it takes serious fortitude to walk away from that PO as you're bleeding money and your P&L is still in the red. But this is what strategically managed businesses do. They seek retailers that they can partner with, and not all of them will partner at all or in the same way, not immediately, and definitely not when you're young and small. Now, this doesn't mean you should become some kind of a snob drowning in their victimhood when it comes to opportunities, but it does mean that it's far better to have fewer accounts that actually get what you're doing and support it that you can, in turn, with your very limited resources, really support outside the store. That forms the best engine of early stage growth versus just adding accounts to grow because your whole strategy is about launching shit. Support your hero UPCs, folks, and stop launching shit to grow. That's all I've got. And as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. 
And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his Founders Quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.